Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notify bell next to it uh, so you know whenever there's new Going In Raw content. And if you're on the iOS podcast app, be sure to hit, I think it's either subscribe or download. I forget which one it is. And uh, that not only makes sure that you always have our podcast downloaded to your phone automatically, it also helps boost our profile, which is awesome for everybody. Larson. Yes. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stephen Larson. Yeah, man. Um, 40 people got yes. to listen to us rant about music before we hit that old well, record button. Converse. It was a conversation. Yeah, rant, converse, everything. I, everything that comes out of my mouth is basically a rant. Larson. Okay, if you say so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the five dollar tier. And starting this week, starting tomorrow, the very first episode of the Patreon exclusive, going in raw non news. Yeah. And it's all the stuff that has come out in the news in the wrestling news community. That wasn't really news. That really wasn't news. Kevin Owens. Injured at Money in the Bank? No. Not really. He's fine. He's good. A little bit of a limp, but he's okay. That's non-news. Just, that's just a sneak peek of what you're going to get with non-news. I feel like we already spoiled part of the show. I've got like five non-news stories, Larson. Okay. Five amazing. So it's going to be uh, five stories, quick takes on each story. Hot takes, man. Hot takes? Hot okay. takes. Okay. Is that what it, I've heard that term. I don't know what it means. Well, like, you know, if you have an opinion on something, that's your take on the subject hot. matter. And yeah. if it's hot, then I, I guess that means it's... Are all of our takes hot? No, they're not all hot. <laughs> okay. Anyways, non-news is going to be great for the $5 and up uh, Patreon, Mark. Best value tier right there. You get yeah. live streams, non-news. You get a lot for 5 bucks a month. You're going to love our nuts. 
Um, anyways, uh, we've also got what? <laughs> I don't know. You, you you started that the other day when you busted out your nut sack. Yeah. It was literally a sack of nuts that he started chewing on, and he said, you know, love my nuts. Yeah. So now it's stuck in my head. Okay. Here. And I just had some yogurt-covered nuts. Yeah, they're there. right there. The bag's staring at me. Oh, nice. Anyways, um, and then we're also on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash going in raw. This is progress. Progress wrestling. That's a new day, man. That's yeah. WWE for life. Um, anyways, let's talk about, uh, we're here to talk about 205. Oh, by the way, also right now at our channel, or rather at 3 p.m. today, Pacific time, we're going to be doing the first gaming in raw live stream. Yes. We're now at twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. Of course, at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We're trying to do a double stream. We've heard that you're not supposed to do that or you can't do that, but I think that only applies to Twitch partners. Are you looking at that anymore? As uh, I did. And I found, I think, the same information as you. Okay, yeah. Look, we're going to do it. If we get in trouble, then we won't do it again. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, it will give us a slap on the wrist. We're not making any money off Twitch. What's their problem no. with that? What's their problem with that? Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, partners who are making money off Twitch, that's probably why they can't do well, it. Well, you know what? When we become partner with Twitch and we're making that big we Twitch got, money. Then we have a difficult decision to make. I know. How do you choose? How do people generally choose what to do, Twitch or YouTube? I, I don't guess, get it. I would guess if you were established on Twitch, you'd stay with Twitch. Yeah. But if it seems like it's more beneficial, stay on YouTube, stay on YouTube. I have no idea how to choose. But then you wouldn't know but until you get to schedule, because, you know, you're a Twitch partner, and then you're starting from, you know, the the ground level. Yeah. You know, on YouTube, there's Super Chat. We've seen the benefits of that already. Yeah. Cha-cha-cha-ching. So, it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, it, it, yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to find the reason why... To go to Twitch full time, but anyways, we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. If man. anybody has any insight, like, dude, it's going to be regardless. Technologically speaking, it's going to be a clusterfuck. Yeah, probably because we're we don't really know what we're doing. What are we playing? No mercy. Yeah, man. No we're mercy. Doing, uh, are we doing career mode with my creation idea? Um. Oh yeah. But don't, yeah. We I know. I'm not going to say it. We got the name. Got the name for no mercy. It's a good name. All right. Let's talk about 205 Live first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we had this kicked off with well, overall. You know what? Fun show. Um, what happened in this show? I'm look. I'm running this down here real quick. I'm just look at it. Uh, what was the main event? Rich Swan versus Neville. It was oh, a really good match. Hell of a main event. Yeah, that was a fantastic main event. Oh, good, good show. Yeah, <laughs> good show. I just said. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was fun. It, hey, you know the ratings are well, kind of climbing. So for the Neville TJ Perkins match two weeks ago. It's it got up to number ten in the WWE Network right now. It had been like number eighteen, nineteen, twenty before. Mm-hmm. Evidently, that that feud elevated it to the number ten spot. Uh, last week's fell to number two. What happened last week? That was Tazawa TJP. Yeah, another good match. Another really good match. It fell to the number twelve spot. But maybe some of this Titus Brand crossover stuff is maybe it's helping it out. Maybe. People are getting their, their fix. Maybe they're liking it. I don't know. I want good things for it. They need to be in front of a better crowd, but the crowd was actually pretty decent this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. So it kicked off with uh, Akira Tozawa and Rich Swan backstage. And uh, Titus O'Neil, you know, they're having some. <laughs> it was funny because Rich Swan was, what was he, like in the middle of telling a story or something? Yeah. And then Akira Tozawa, like, belts out with his massive laugh. <laughs> and then Titus O'Neil shows up and all the laughter stops. This, these kind of segments. So Titus is great. We yeah. we know Titus is a hell of yeah. a talker, and I think that being the sort of uh, manager slash wrestler role, I think is fantastic. I think transitioning him to even more of a manager with his Titus brand 
I think he's good. My main problem with this, though, is that they didn't let Akira talk one. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the non-response uh, uh, talking segment. When Titus O'Neil is, is talking to him, he says, hey, all you got to do is sign on the dotted line. And Akira Tozawa just goes like this. I will say... I want a little bit of back and forth. No, I, I understand that. But I will say Tozawa does a good job of communicating with expressions, his facial expressions. He does, but that can only go so far. I understand. We, we need him to actually say something. I understand. You know? Because the funny thing is, like, I lo- he's got a lot of charisma. Oh, yeah. Like, when he talks, like, it's 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 entertaining. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. And so I would love for him. I want to know what he's thinking. I know we're supposed to understand that he's apprehensive about the whole thing. But to what level? Is he being, is he actually kind of on board with this? Is he completely not on board with it? Like, I still don't know. And I yeah. want to know. Yeah. Well, uh, we got an idea because Titus said... I have a contract here ready for you to sign. Yeah. And that's when uh, Akira Tozawa said no. He didn't. Oh, he didn't head say no, anything. Sorry. And he kinda, shook his head no. It was barely even a shake of a head, though. It was like, it was like just, I don't know. I, I want more. I yeah, want no, more. I understand that. Anyway, Titus says, I'm going to sweeten the deal for you 5%. Uh, I'll give you an additional 5% off of uh, your merchandise or something like that. And, uh, and he still apparently wasn't good enough for him. He says, well, think it over. Think it over, and then uh, on Raw, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. And uh, you'll be going cha-cha-cha-ching, which I thought was funny. I love Titus. But I just, those segments, I've seen those segments before. They just, they're awkward. When you don't have two people going back and forth and reacting like actual people would, it just gets kind of awkward. Anyways, you're such a your your OCD is killing me. You're on the emails like deleting Twitch notifications. Well, I don't I don't like having emails that. that Have you ever seen my emails? Yeah, that would drive me crazy. Like really, uh, like tens of thousands. Yeah, that drive me nuts. Thirty four thousand. That would drive me absolutely insane. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's see here. Next, uh, we had uh, Jack Gallagher mm-hmm. take on Tony Nice. Of course, they had a bit of a, a, a altercation the previous week. Jack Gallagher was trying to stand up for, I guess, Austin Aries yeah. when he came out last week and yeah. said, Tony Nice, you are no Austin Aries. And uh, he broke his umbrella over Tony Nice, so that led to this match. Um, it was it was, it was was a good match. Like, you know, Jack Gallagher, I feel like, I, I kind of feel like this is across the board, and I kind of feel like this was kind of interesting. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I think, was on uh, Edging Christian's podcast mm-hmm. this past week. And he mentioned how... He didn't even start doing the Sweet Chin Music Stomp, if yeah. I understood him Tuning correctly. up the band. Tuning up the band. Until the match with Vader, yeah. Until he was a main eventer. Yeah. And he said, even in the main event back then, me and others were still trying to create new things, add new things to our repertoire. Yeah. And he says, I feel like, and he, you know, he's very diplomatic about it because he's not trying to run anybody down. But he says, I feel like too many people get set in their moves mm-hmm. and they kind of become repetitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I pointed out a guy like Cesaro in the past who I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. He does try to add Every things. now and again, he'll try something different. He'll do new things. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's every now and again, but it's more than I've noticed from others. Yeah. From a lot of others. Um, so there are wrestlers, you know, every time AJ Styles wrestles, I honestly feel like I, I see a brand new match. But also, I think, to a certain extent, I wonder if... He's a very dynamic yes, wrestler, though. if WWE... Because we know that a lot of wrestlers, when they wrestle out in the Indies or even in NXT, 
it seems like their moveset is, is more variety to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, sure. But I think in WWE, especially on the main roster, they say, you know, they want people to have very specific moves because it, 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 fans are familiar with it. Yeah. Um, and I think it just, I wonder if in their mind, it just it makes the, the matches a little simpler in terms of, of how they can be understood. I have no doubt that what you're saying is absolutely right. I'm not saying that this is necessarily on the wrestlers. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. And I, I'm, I'm sure that you're probably right because they see, oh, look what this kid does. We want him to do Because we, we both know, like, Shinsuke could do all sorts of different yeah, stuff. Yeah, But in WWE, he's predominantly a striker. I understand that was the case in New Japan as well, but, you know, he would grapple a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a wealth of MMA experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw more of that there. Yeah. We've seen a little bit of it, yeah. but not a lot. With the cruiserweights especially, though, I, you know, one of the things that we've, we've said endlessly on the show is, like, you know, there's two things. There's the, the crowd, which is not an ideal situation, but there's also let them do what they can do. Yes. And that's, that's absolutely still the, the deal is that I believe that every single one of these wrestlers are very creative and can bring a lot of new things to the table if they were allowed to. Well, we saw Everett Swan do something new this week. Uh, what was that? He did like a, a fisherman's uh, Mishinoku driver. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, I've seen that before. Boy, that was this was that was like some of the storytelling, especially on Rich Swan's part, was fantastic. Yeah, even when he was, especially when he was, when he was in the uh, the Rings of Saturn. Mm-hmm, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, with Jack Gallo, I felt like with this match, this was the first time I was like, God, I just feel like I've seen all this so far. Like they can put on a good match, but I just feel like like I, I, I and maybe it was because I had just read no I I watched this before I read that, but uh, but when I read the thing that Michaels had said in the podcast I didn't listen to it I read the transcript some of the transcript mm-hmm. um, I, I I I mean I thought of this I kind of thought of this match like yeah, man Jack Gallagher, he does the thing where he stands up on his head and that's cute and everything but it's like the same kind of thing here's the thing a little over and the, over. the I don't know why no one's ever done it when when Jack does that that spot in the corner as you mentioned where he does kind of the handstand. Mm-hmm. How come no one ever runs and then slides under him while he tries to kick? Oh, that'd be great. And take advantage of this. I know, that'd be great. I've been waiting for someone to do that. Yeah, I know, but, you know, isn't that kind of like, you know, when a pitcher gets found out, then they don't they have to, like, change up what they do? Yeah. Yeah. So, then then people should have to change. But then you'll never see that thing again. No, I agree with you. People should be able to figure out each other, and then they have to change it up. Because they do sometimes. But then we'll never see the handstand no, thing. No, no, there's got to be a counter to that You counter. think that he can counter that? He can fake with the boot, and then as they slide, drop down on him. Drop something down like on him or like springboard up. Something. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I like it. I like it. But it's got the, the strategy against one's opponents has to be constantly evolving, I would think. You would think. That's kind of my point, too. Is that kind but of like, it, it's like whenever up. he does the, the handstand spot on the top turnbuckle, I just feel like no one he's facing has ever seen one of his matches before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Or go to the opposite corner and just wait. Yeah. He can't be up there all day. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, Tony Nese, oh yeah, so Austin Aries was watching the match backstage, um, Tony Nese faked uh, an injury, and then, uh, got the win with the running knee. Yeah. Heel tactics. Yes. Um, that would come into play later with, uh, Jack Gallagher and Austin Do you Aries. like, do you like Tony Nese's, uh, vest anymore now this week? I don't think I disliked it as much as you did. Oh, it's, get. it's awful. It's weird, though, man. You like that vest, but you don't like, uh, 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 what's that kid on SmackDown that's never on TV? Oh, Ty? Ty? I like it because you don't like it. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe that's why I should like Tony Nese's ab vest. I love it. I think it's great. No, it's pretty ugly. It's awful. Um, Then Noam Dar. Okay, so here's my problem with this segment. All right. Noam Dar. I actually really like this segment, but it's cartoonishly stupid. 
Because no Amdar, which is supposed to be, no Amdar is FaceTime once again with Alicia Fox, which is like my new favorite gimmick. I cannot get enough of Alicia Fox. <laughs> she cracks me up on FaceTime, dude. She really does. <laughs> Anyways, um, he's saying something along the lines of, we need to move on from Cedric Alexander. Yeah. We've we got to get past this. Yeah. So who shows up at that point? If I'm Cedric Alexander, and I'm what I, I imagine he's supposed to be around the corner in kayfabe, and I'm hearing this, I'm like, thank God. And I would sneak away. I don't want... But no, he shows up. Oh, yeah, move on from me. That's a good idea. I've been telling you guys to do that for a while now. Yeah. And, of course, that opens up the Pandora's bike. That opens up a can of worms right there. Yeah. Because now they're not going to get over it. No, in fact... Uh, he Noam, just made things worse. Noam Dar thought that he threw uh, Cedric Alexander's uh, luggage in the river. Mm, yeah. And then Cedric says, oh, you did? Yeah. And then he... Picks it up. Yep, picks up his own bag. And then Noam Dar, who's like, oh, crap. And he says, I thought you said to Alicia, he said, I thought you said it was a gold bag. And then, of course, who would have a gold bag? Davari yes. comes in. <laughs> He's, like, frantically searching for his bag. There's only two made in the world. His dad got it for him. And it's $15,000. $15,000. And Noam Dar sort of says no and slinks away. Yep. I thought it was a very cute segment. I yeah. Just, Cedric Alexander cracks me up, though, because who just, if they're like, yeah, no, we're we're moving on past this guy, shows up, hey, you know, why are you going to poke the bear? Don't poke the bear. That's what creative told me to do, man. It was very entertaining, though. Oh, yeah, it, it was. was very entertaining. I liked this. Next, we had a Mustafa Ali, Drew Gulak video package recapping their feud. Yeah. Drew Gulak needs to get, they need to give him uh, an updated, uh, they could do a lot with his Titantron. I know. Because it's still the King Arthur thing. I know. And they need to make it him and political stuff. Like and change his music, too. Get, like, a hold a baby, get, like, a tree behind him and mm-hmm. a blue sky mm-hmm. and an American flag. Yes, all waving, that. All that stuff would be great. And new music for Gulak is great. Um, anyways, he comes out and he's on his little bullhorn thing. Let me ask you about this because I had a, I had a problem with this. So it was a fun match. Yeah. Uh, Mustafa Ali uh, ended up turning the tables on Drew Gulak and winning with a roll-up. Not a high-flying maneuver. Yeah. That was like the story there. That was the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe commentary said that uh, Mustafa Ali beat Gulak at At his his own own game. But I know your point is that validates everything that Gulak has been saying. I was totally expecting him at first to be... Angry that he lost, but then he turns around and, like, gives a big cartoonish laugh and says, exactly my point. You just beat me using, what did he say when he was coming down the ramp? Matt Wrestling. He said, who wants to see a 450 splash when you can see a high wrist lock? (laughs) The people don't want a 450 splash. They want a high wrist lock. funny. That was good. Um, but, uh, but that, I mean, you got what you wanted, Drew Gulak. I know. That's what you're supposed to have wanted. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway. You know, you lose the battle so you can win the war. That's what's important. I've been watching, uh, speaking of wars, I've been watching, uh, Turn on oh. AMC, the Revolutionary War yeah. one. Yeah. How is that? There is way too much going on in that show for me to understand what is going on. Really? Um, but it's like the, the ten, you know, they don't have a huge budget. It's not like a, what was that uh, Tom Hardy show was just on, Taboo? Mm-hmm. It's not like Taboo. Taboo's budget has to be insane. Yeah. Because the attention details there is crazy. But this, like, there's some green screen shots of, like, ye old New York <laughs> that are kind of obvious. But uh, anyways, I love history stuff, so I decided to check it out. I have no idea what's going on, but I know how it ends. 
Well, obviously. We win. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, anyways, after that, we had uh, Jack Gallagher and Austin Aries backstage. And Tell us about this segment, Lars. I mean, so they meet in the hallway, and Austin Aries, you know, is, is seemingly uh, reflecting not only on his losses to Neville, um, who was helped by TJP, but also uh, Jack Gallagher's mm-hmm. loss early, earlier in the evening, and more or less says, you know, you ever, you ever thought about maybe being a heel? Cutting some corners. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, you know, taking the easy way out. Yeah. And Gallagher more or less says no. Mm-hmm. And Austin Aries says, you know, I think we can we can learn a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and Jack says, well, you, are you are you suggesting an alliance? Yeah. And and uh, and Arius, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something essentially synonymous with that. Yeah. But uh, so they shook hands. But essentially, it's Austin Aries <laughs> telegraphing. <laughs> A heel turn, about as close as you can without saying, hey, Jack, I'm going to turn heel on you. It felt like he was proposing a friends with benefits type scenario. Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. But, no, I, I know. But I, I feel like, number one, and I, I actually kind of like it, 205 Live is rife with internal conflict. It is. You have TJP and then Rich Swan trying to – and then this week he was saying, hey, Rich Swan, you know, I don't appreciate you last week telling me – that I should stop taking shortcuts or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now Austin Aries is saying, I see all these bad guys. It's like, there's like this weird meta awakening in all the, the faces, even on Smack. It's like filtering a SmackDown Live because all the good guys are like, man, it kind of pays to be a bad guy. Maybe I should be a bad guy. There's like this weird awakening. I feel like it's when like the robots are going to take us over. That's man. why uh, all, pretty much all the champions are heels now. I know, exactly. And so uh, The problem, though, is Austin Aries turns heel. There's too many heels on 205 Live. Neville, Perkins, still kind of. Yeah. Aries, Nice, uh, Gulak, um, Davari. Davari, yeah. That's no, a lot. Noam no Dar. Yeah. Yeah. I could see them turning Noam Dar face, though. Yeah. I could see that. He's good. That seems like a pretty easy pivot. So on the other side of the, of the spectrum, we have Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, uh, uh, Jack Gallagher. Tazawa. Oh, yeah. Tazawa, big time face. Um, who are we leaving? Oh, Kendrick's a heel. Swan. Oh, yeah. Can you mention Rich Swan? Rich Swan. So we got five. That's five to seven. Oh, seven? Okay. All right. Well, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but if Dar turns face, and then it's six and six. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I'm it's not a huge deal, just something to keep No, I liked it. I, I liked... You're, you're right. I mean, it's totally telegraphing. Like, he's essentially saying, man, Jack, you're... Kind of pays to be a heel around here. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I thought that he was proposing, "Hey, you want to be heels together?" Because Jack Gallagher was like, "I don't feel comfortable being a heel." Austin there he says, "Well, let's be let's be friends." Yeah. And Nonetheless, let's be friends. Let's be buddies. I'll be heel. You be face. I'm they, sure, it'll work fine. They heal the crap out of you, Jack Gallagher. Yeah, he is. It Actually, should be fun though. I'm I'm I'm. I, I, this should be okay though. Yeah, it'll be a good it's program. A, it's a different kind of program. It's a different kind of story. Yes. And it could take a long time for them to figure out whatever yes. they're going to do. I like it. Uh, next, we had Rich Swan and TJP backstage. You mentioned this briefly. Yeah. Um, Perkins is doing a really good job of kind of balancing everything. I like it. Yeah. It's not because it's not like, hey, I'm doing some cool quips and stuff. No. It's, it's like he's being real. Character work, man. Yeah, he's being real. Stuff. He's been doing some method acting training. Yeah. At the who was the acting the big act, method actor guy? Uh, well, there were several. Yeah. Who's uh, the guy who was in Godfather Two? Lee. I want to say Strasberg, but Strasberg. I'm not sure. Strasberg. Strasberg. Right? Yeah, okay. Strasberg. 
went to film school. <laughs> been a long I know, time, I know, uh, Meisner. Meisner, yeah, there you go. Anyways, um, anyways yeah, yeah TJP doing some real good method work. Yeah, because here. he started out and he, you know he had a problem with Swan talking to him last week, but by the end of the the segment, yeah, he was telling Swan to go out there and take care of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in. Yeah, it's good. I was almost expecting Perkins to come out and interfere, but I'm happy he didn't. No, I know. Me too. I like it, man. There's all these little character moments mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it's good. Uh, anyways, that did lead to Rich Swan versus uh, uh, Neville. <laughs> I want to say, what was his first name? Adrian. 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 Oh, yeah, I want to say Adrian. Anyways, Rich Swan versus the Neville level. And uh, this was a fantastic match. I thought they yes. told like, a really good... Like, Rich Swan. The level of frustration, he was his level of frustration was at the level at the Neville level. Yeah. It was a lot of frustration. That bit where towards the finish when uh Neville grabs him by his hair. Yeah. And that was kind of telegraphed because in the opening segment, Titus kinda clowns Rich Swan, I believe, for his haircut. And so that was like a little bit of foreshadowing there, I felt, because you see the look on Swan's face. When Neville grabs his head, like out of total disregard and disrespect, and he gets pissed and delivers yeah. like a super kick out of yeah, Neville. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Rich Swan's great. Yeah. Um, uh, Akira Tozawa comes out mm-hmm. and sits ringside in like a VIP area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they cut to him every now and again mm-hmm. during the match. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of great sequences in this match. Yeah, I just thought that Rich Swan's character worked during the match. Fantastic. I had, I had not seen that from him before. And I think if if anything is going to get him back into the sort of the main event picture, because he, he mentioned like uh, I think with Tazawa when he's talking to Tazawa, he was like, "Man, you know, I'm going to win this match and get back into the title picture." That should be everybody's goal. Absolutely. Um, but with that kind of like character work, I thought that that was really really strong. Neville, yeah. Neville yeah. tends to bring out the best in everybody. Yes. He's such a good champion, dude. God, he's so good. All right, let me ask this now after the fact. Smart move to keep that title on Neville. I can't really argue against. I say against yes, it. man. I say yes. I think that he can. Cont- God, could you imagine if he had that title for like a year? But every program they did was like quality. Mm-hmm. They just nobody can get over the Neville mm-hmm. hump. Then they bring in I don't know who, Roderick Strong or something, or just develop someone who's already on the roster. Yeah, yeah. They they need to start bringing. They, we need some new faces though. We need something. We well, need I don't know something. if we necessarily need new faces. We just need. Expand, look, expand NXT, or 205 Live to three hours. Bring in, like, four new guys. <laughs> There's already about five guys that aren't used. Like who? Uh, Grand Metalik. Dorado. Grand Metalik. Um, they're rarely on. I want guys with, I can see their faces. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyways, um, uh, Swan ended up missing a Phoenix Splash. Neville uh, put the rings of Saturn on him. You mentioned earlier... That uh, you really liked uh, what Swan did yeah, while in the ring. Yeah, because while, well, even before, while Neville was trying to get uh, uh, Swan in the rings, yeah, you could tell, or it seemed like, that, that Rich Swan was struggling yeah. to kind of keep his arms yeah. out of Neville's grasp. And when he was finally in it, he did this great job of selling not only the, the pain and discomfort of the move, but uh, his efforts to fight yeah. to keep the match going. Yeah, It wasn't a simple head nod and then tap like, it seemed like uh, Austin Aries did. Well, it's funny that we've really paid attention to the Rings of Saturn now since that. Yeah. Because we noticed that everybody since then has done it way better. I know. So but I thought I Swan last night was even better than uh, Perkins. Perkins. Last yeah. Night, yeah. 
It was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about NXT. Yes. Um, packed episode was yes. a hell of a main event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just saw the Ely Brothers on here. I love the Ely Brothers. Anyways, uh, Peyton Royce versus Ember Moon kicked things off. Of yes. course, they replayed some of that segment. No, did they? No, they didn't. That? No, they didn't. From the Performance Center? Yeah, they didn't no. replay that. They okay. Didn't, they didn't replay it. But uh, Peyton Royce did work. Uh, Ember Moon's injured shoulder mm-hmm, yeah. during this match. I love Peyton Royce, man. Yeah, she's great. I love everything about her. She's great. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Ember Moon picked up the win with the Ember Eclipse. Moon back with the red contacts, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I like that. That's good. They, she changed up her uh, entrance a little bit too. I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, she looked great. Um, yeah, she went with the Eclipse. One of the best looking finishers. Oh, it's fantastic in the business today. Um, this is a really good crisp match, fast paced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. And a little bit of interference from Billy Kay. Mm-hmm. She ate like a top rope mm-hmm. from, uh, from Ember Moon, yeah. yeah, and got laid out. It was great. I love, I love, I love, I love those guys. They're all great. Those gals. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Cassius Ono uh, backstage. Uh, Deo Tommy shows up. I had the volume really low on my TV, and I was watching. And by the time I got up to, so I could hear what they were talking about, I had no idea. Uh, to film me. Deo Tommy basically just said, "Look, I was really frustrated that I lost. I'm bummed out." And then Cassius Ono said, look, man, you've lost, I've lost. We've got to get back up on the horse. It was all just very cordial, yeah, motiv- okay. motivational speaking. That's what I gathered. I honestly figured that the finish to the main event would be Adeo coming out and throwing down with Cassius as sort of like a, hey, we're cool, and then no, we're not cool. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. They're taking a, a slow burn approach with uh, Hitami's heel turn, if that's the plan. I, I guess so. What do you think of uh, Ono's uh, Bulls-inspired ring gear? Um, it was good. Yeah, well, good. You're a big. You were a big Bulls fan yes. back in the day because of Jordan. Absolutely, everybody was a Bulls fan mm-hmm. except for like people in New York or Indiana. Uh, let's see here. Then we had uh, <laughs> the Ely Brothers. I love the Ely Brothers. I love them so much. They are frighteningly identical. It really does look like in this day and age. Remember the the Winklevoss twins? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Social Network. It's like that. It's like two. What's that kid's name? Army Hammer? Yeah. Two Army Hammers. Well, it's not that they, they, they look alike. Yeah. It's like in terms of their musculature. Yes. It's the exact same. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. And their movements are the same, but they don't do it in step. So it literally just looks like the same person just twice, and they like green screen the second guy in. The thing that kind of cracked me up, because they look like they're, they're, they're good-natured guys. There's nothing really threatening about their faces. Their face, they have, like, perma-smile on their faces. I think even when they try to be menacing, they just end up in sort of a smile position. <laughs> oh, man. And so, like, did you notice this? You said you had the volume down low. Was the volume down low even when they came out? This is a small thing. Well, tell me what it is. I'll tell you if I noticed. They're in the ring while their music is still playing. Yeah. One of the Ely brothers... To the beat of their theme music, start saying, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know Yeah. That. And it was like, dude, don't do that. You're not. That's the least menacing thing you can do. It sounds like I just walked in on Alabama's daycare, and they're singing a song, and they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a big smile on his face. Man, you're a huge human being. You're supposed to be threatening, and you're not threatening. Anyways, and that in who oh yeah, sanity. Talk about threatening. They're yeah. terrifying. Yeah. They come out to uh what's that the Primus song? My, My name, name is Mud. Mud. They came out to that. 
And uh, Alexander Wolf starts moshing. That's fantastic. It was amazing. No, you know, he wanted to start moshing. He, like, started to run over to, like, where they were and was, like, going to mosh at them. And the ref, like, held him yeah, back. Yeah, but later on, before he did a move, he did a little bit of moshing. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. crap. I must have blinked. Um, but anyways, yeah, Ely Brothers took on Eric Young and Alexander Wolf. Of course, Sanity went over because yeah. they're huge. It was like a combo. Uh, Alexander Wolf had one of the Ely Brothers up. Um, kind of like I think in like a belly to back position or something, and uh, Eric Young went jumped up off the the second or top yeah. rope with a neck breaker. It was kind of a, yeah, it was like a little bit of it was like a lazier version of the Doomsday Device. Kind of, it was like a less complicated like you know to get a guy up in your soldier, you sort of hold him there. Yeah, yeah, instead of a clothesline as yeah. a neck breaker. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Then we had uh, Rachel Evers, who is Rachel Ellering, right? Correct. Yeah. So her dad has the algorithm yes. for tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling. He needs to tune that algorithm so that we can get some more money. I don't know. Anyways, uh, versus I love Sony Deville, man. I think she's fantastic. This was a clunky-ass match, but I kind of like Sony Deville. I think she's got the look. She's, she's very intense. Yeah, incorporating the MMA stuff, I feel like in order to make sure that her matches sort of aren't clunky, they need to dial that back a little bit. And incorporate more actual re- like pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because right now it's strike heavy, and it's not like she's a Shinsuke Nakamura who knows how to like do all that stuff yeah. seamlessly, yeah. because she hasn't been in the business for twenty years. Her kicks look great though. No, her strikes look great. They look great. It's just what you got like a half smile on your face. What? Nothing. Oh, I thought you had something on your mind. No, I'm just listening to you. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I felt like – I thought that her character work was really good. I just felt like the match was a bit on the clunky no, side. No, I agree. Her, That's going to come with her, time. Her previous match was the same, though, too. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like – you feel me, though. Like, no, I, definitely, I think definitely, she needs definitely. to, like, fuse a There's bit more. There's some polish that needs to be Yeah, I think so. But otherwise, I, I love her. I love the little the little video vignette mm-hmm. thing or the, the promo package they yeah, do yeah, with yeah. her. She does – she comes off as legit. That's yeah. what I like about And then she used the, the Kimura lock. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. And I like at one point she like threw her gloves off and she yeah, told she did that last time too. She said, "You messed up." Yeah, that was Whoa, good. That was good. I like that. Very intense. She's very scary. I like her. Yeah, the intensity is great. Yeah, this was my favorite segment of the night. Bobby Roode having a photo his, shoot, doing a photo shoot where he starts laying into the camera guy saying, "You shouldn't be barking orders. Don't tell me when I'm supposed to smile. In fact, let me see the role of." And then he sees. The Strong family. Yeah. Whatever reason, Roderick Strong. I'm I'm sorry. I'm all on Bobby Roode on this one. I want Bobby Roode. Number one, he said, so he sees the Roderick Strong and his child and, and his wife. Fiance. His fiance. They had a kid out of wedlock. Ooh. <laughs> Got you on that one. Um, anyways, I'm sure Bobby Roode doesn't like that either. Like, why hasn't she married him yet? What's the problem with Roderick Strong? Anyways, maybe he's not a real man like Bobby Roode is. Because Bobby Roode, like, Roderick Strong, you know, Bobby Roode starts talking crap. Strong, and he tells him back, he wants to be the bigger man. He tells his fiance, okay, let's get out of here. Yeah. Camera zips back over to Roode. Oh, he was so serious, man. I swear this was a shoot. Because that look on his face, he looked so serious when he said, hey, I tell you what. If you want to know what it's like to be with a real man, just come over to him. He was so intense. He was like, because it wasn't like Scott Steiner, like, like cartoonish. Yeah, so over the top. He looked like he was horny in the moment. Oh, it was great. Roderick Strong always says, he looks like he's always on the verge of cry face, man. Especially when he's around Bobby Roode, who's a real man. 
Anyways, Roderick Strong attacked him, empties out the uh, milling about locker room, apparently, because yeah. only Lurkin comes out. A couple of prospects come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Developmental people come break out. Break them up. Break them up. And Bobby Roode's still talking crap to Roderick Strong. I loved it. It was great. I'm a, Bobby Roode's the man. He really is. He what is a real man. man. Two weeks title mm-hmm. match between the two of them. Uh, NXT. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're celebrating their 400th episode of Correct. NXT. So uh, it'll be. I don't think this is going to happen because I, I know they do title changes on Takeover. What are the odds that they might do a title change here? Very low. Very low. Five percent. But there's five percent there. That could be that could be a stunner. Yes. I mean, what a great way to hype up your TV product. Oh, exactly. To do something like I that. I know. Don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't either. Chance right now, it's not going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, uh, man, I love that. That was so good. Oh, my God. Oh, that was Bobby great. Roode's I the know. best. Like, honestly, Roderick Strong, is, they're not married yet, so she does have time to consider whether or not she wants to be with a real man like Bobby Roode or with Cryface. <laughs> oh, man. Good Should be a hell of a match, though. Oh, it will be. be hell of a match. Uh, next, we had uh, the main event, Cassius Ono taking on Aleister Black. Mm-hmm. Good match, really good story, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning where neither of them really wanted to let the other uh, start using their strikes against them. So yeah. uh, it wasn't the most fast-paced match, but once you consider the story involved, it made perfect sense where they just wanted to concentrate on the ground game mm-hmm. so no one had to eat a kick or a forearm. Right, yeah, yeah. No, so eventually by fun. the end they were just like beating the heck out of each other. So and we also got Alistair Black's first real match. Yes, we got his first real match. I mean, obviously, dude, he's been around for a while in the indie scene. He's polished as can be. He knows Cassius Ono better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing the range of emotion that we yes. got from Alistair Black. That was fascinating. I loved when Cassius Ono um, mocked him, yeah. got in the sit down position, yeah. and they got a close up. Yeah, that was really well. That done. was really well done on Alistair Black, and he's like, he looked him up and down, and like, how dare you? So we're getting, we haven't got any promos from him beyond the the pre film stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do like that we're able to get a little bit more of his character because he could have played this any number of ways. He yeah. could have played it completely cold. Yeah. He could have played it super hot. I thought there was a good range there. Yeah, but at no point was it over the top. Right, It was exactly. all very subtle. Exactly. So we're getting – this is we – don't, don't get it a lot. Usually they, they get people on the microphone to let us know who they are. I like that we're getting to know him through his in-ring product. Yeah. I like that. And then we can go to the microphone afterwards – if they're going to do that, I don't know. I kind of feel like they really need to think about how they're going to um, showcase his promo skills. Really need to think about that because you don't want to kill his mystique, man. It's so strong right now. Yep. But then you also don't want to, like you said before, you don't want to you want to give leave people, us no, yeah. not knowing who he is. You want to give people a little bit, but not mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, another couple strong episodes yeah, of, absolutely. of product this week. Um, let's go to the questions. I am not even. I don't know. I am there, Connor now. Dunmore. Hey, friendos. We all know WWE brings in celebrities sometimes, and it's cringe. Can be, but more uh, Connor's than question is. is: Name three celebrities that WWE could bring in for an appearance or even an angle to benefit them. I guess them being WWE. Uh, the lunatic cringe mentions Ronda Rousey. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's let's name a couple that have. Been, that have gone over well. I thought her WrestleMania appearance was good. Yes. Uh, John Stewart. Yes, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, there's been all sorts of cringe ones. I, my favorite was uh, 
WrestleMania. Remember when Hugh Jackman knocked out Dolph? Maybe it was. Oh, that was great. But you can't have celebrities. I mean, it's Wolverine, so maybe. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? It's Wolverine. So, but he's not. He's on WWE TV every week. Yeah, but he's Wolverine, man. He's not really Wolverine. You see Logan? Not have not yet. I want to. I need not to. I haven't yet. seen it yet. Um, I think it was Warrior Hogan, uh, that WrestleMania, and Mary Tyler Moore was in the crowd. Oh yeah, and they were interviewing her, and she didn't know a lick of what was going on, but they were like. I think they were talking about the honky tonk. I don't know. They were talking about something, but she had no idea what was going on. Yeah. But she was trying her best to like it. But it was obvious, like, dude, she doesn't know. And it, like, just ask her, hey, what do you love about this stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, open ended yeah. questions that yeah, you can yeah, yeah. be yesterday, right not general. Yeah, what kind of strategy do you think Warrior's going to implement on Hogan tonight? <laughs> I mean, it's like Mary Tyler Moore, dude. And she just says, leg drop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um,. Ideally, you'd bring in celebrities who are uh, fans of the product. Yeah, right, right, right. As opposed to people who are just showing up strictly for promotional purposes. Yeah, that's one. Like when they had Ashton Kutcher on there, like he might have been a fan of the product. Oh, that whole statement was not oh, good. Oh, so bad. Not was good. so bad. And they were on commentary. Didn't they have like some, what was it, like the Miz was dealing with some kid who was going to be on some show? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it was horrible. God, that stuff makes me want to throw up. Um Let's name a couple more celebs. We got uh, the guys from the Sonic Sonic commercials. Who would want to see them? That'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hope they're big wrestling marks. Love those guys. They need their own show. Like Sonic needs to produce a pilot. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Custer. One more celeb. I'm trying to think celeb. of somebody who's people who are real wrestling fans. I know, like, Bill Simmons is a wrestling fan, but I don't know how, if you I know. I don't want him on there. His little whiny voice. Um, yeah, you know, it'd be fun. I want to see Jason Momoa. Oh, right? yeah. Because he looks exactly like Roman Reigns. Yeah. I want to see Jason Momoa. Get some more Game of Thrones dudes on there. That's what I want to see. Get Peter Dinklage in there. That'd be rad. That would be cool. Although, knowing Vince probably make it cringeworthy. Uh, let's see here. Tommy T. Um, wait, is this the right one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, good. Tommy T. Uh, the fact that the bigger, the biggest draws in WrestleMania history are by far Donald Trump and Vince McMahon's Battle of the Billionaires match and Roxena won. My question is, could WWE replicate the drawing power of those two matches today and if so, how do you realistically see them doing so? Um, yeah, I mean, you got to find somebody who's. I, I it's 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 always it's surprising to me that the that the Donald Trump, Donald Trump apparently was a big draw. Donald yeah. Trump versus that really I, surprised me. Too. That really does kind of boggle my mind. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's you know, it it was well before you know his big political stuff, all the political stuff, which. You know, granted, he's got a lot of people who likes him, who like him. Um, but back then, it was like, okay, so the rich guy from The Apprentice. I mean, I know he had been around a while, but it's well, The like, Apprentice was a pretty popular show when it first yeah, came on. But that's still weird. I mean, I know that's weird. Too. It was it was a good gimmick, the Battle of the Billionaires, yeah. and somebody has to shave their head. That was, I mean, that was a good gimmick. But it's just weird that that's like, you know, oh, Donald Trump's gonna be on there. Oh, let's watch WrestleMania. That's just weird. Yeah, I know. So I don't really get that one. What if uh, they could somehow bring CM Punk back for a Punk Cena match? I don't even think that'd be enough to. 
I don't think that would. I, I, I'm not sure if that would attract that many more people who are still watching the product. No, I know it wouldn't. It, w- it wouldn't. It wouldn't appeal to to casual fans. Right, 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 think. right. I mean, if he had if he had somehow broken through the mainstream in a big way, like or if, if he actually had a successful UFC career. Yeah, but if he had landed a role like you know Batista did, yeah, you know, but even Batista's not, Mm-mm. you know, a huge draw. I don't think anymore for the WWE. Um. What if they did uh, Rock Austin one more time? Uh, maybe. I could see, because it was so big back then, maybe some casuals who were hot for the Attitude Era yeah. might tune in to see that. Yeah. Rock Austin. That's but I think, I think these days there's just so many more choices for people to, to watch. So many more entertainment options. What's, like, the biggest, like, actual, like, legitimately popular, like, thing person right now? Like, what's, like, a Donald Trump for today? I can't even. I don't even know. Yeah, that's such a random, weird thing. I don't know. I have Bill O'Reilly on there. <laughs> Get a what's that idiot Hannity? Oh gosh, that garbage on there. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Uh, um, uh, evil Steve, Steve there. Uh, hey, friendos. It seems to me that Cassius Ono is really setting into the player coach type of role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see NXT being the ceiling for him in this role, or could he transition to the main shows? Well, if he's a coach, that means he's going to be in NXT. Yeah. And it, and you're right. It does feel like that's where he's at. Yeah. So I would say, yes, that probably is. I, I would say that's his ceiling if that's by design. Yeah. But if they really want him, I mean, there there is that luxury of, hey, you know, we're bringing you in to, to be a, a good, solid presence in the locker room, that, which is what we need. An instructor at the porn center, and then you can still, you know, wrestle on television. Yeah. I mean. And put on great matches. If that's what everybody's happy with. But if he went there. Thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to make my way back up to the... You know, I never knew I never knew what Samoa Joe's role was in terms of... And even I think Meltzer on Twitter said the other day that Oscar was brought in for NXT. NXT. And I think I read something a while back that, like, when they signed Joe, they told him that you probably will never get to the main roster. Really? Okay, so, yeah, maybe I do kind of remember that then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know... Anything can change in the WWE. We yes. know that. So, yes. But I think that that's a good feeling to have if that's where everybody kind of understands that's where they want him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's great. Yes. CM Punk finds it insulting with everyone assuming Kenny Omega will come uh, to the WWE when his contract is up with New Japan. Um, would you rather he, he debut in the Rumble and win mm-hmm. or debut alongside the Young Bucks to feud with the New Day? Mm, that's too small for him. As much as that, that would be great. That's like two years down the line. That's like when he's got his awesome, great, huge matches out of the way. Um, no, I wouldn't even want him to, to debut the Rumble and win. Because you need a good four months to build up to his match with AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, a good de- what's a good way to, for him to debut? The Raw After Mania. The Raw After Mania. So then you have a year to build up. Kenny Omega and AJ for WrestleMania 30. Here's the thing, though, man. I want his debut match to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Okay. So have him debut maybe the Raw after the Rumble. Okay. And then do the same thing they did with Shinsuke. Just have him wrestle a bunch of dark matches and then debut match WrestleMania. Well, then have him debut the Royal Rumble and win it. And then he's guaranteed a main event shot at WrestleMania. It's a great idea. Surprised I didn't think about that first. Ah, JT has a good question. Which is more disrespectful to do to a wrestler? Have an opponent who comically oversells their moves or an opponent who no-sells. I would think the no-sell. 
Well, they're both de- fairly disrespectful. I, 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 the no sell aspect would depend whether it be. I guess if if they're willfully willfully no selling, then that. Mm-hmm. Who is okay? Maybe like if someone's just not experienced or a good seller and does it, I don't think that's necessarily disrespectful purposefully. Yeah. Whereas if someone, it depends on intent. Just I'll listen. I got you two scenarios. Okay. Which was more disrespectful, Bruiser Brody, Lex Luger, or HBK Hulk Hogan? Because we know that HBK was comically overselling Hulk Hogan out of frustration for the situation. Well, we also know that Brody was no-selling Luger for similar reasons. Yes. So which is worse? I would think the worst thing would be no-selling because it's like, dude, I can't do anything in this situation. At least if somebody's comically no-selling me, maybe I can switch it up to a but ground think, to I, a mat-based wrestling I think of those where it's two, more difficult. I think of those two scenarios, I think the the Hogan one might be worse. Really? Why is that? Because, I mean, part of it is is the opponent. Part of it is the, the platform, okay. the venue. Yeah. I mean, for HBK, granted, a huge star, um, showing up Hogan on that huge of a stage in front of millions of people, Yeah, that's pretty major. That's pretty huge. And especially as to the Hogan-sized ego comes yes. into play, you know yes. that he was probably, like, humbled. Well... Or at least pissed off. Yeah, he's probably upset about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, Brody and Luger, like the people there, probably maybe... But they might not even known that was the case. They might just thought that was part of the match. That until... I mean, up until the point where Luger was trying to... With obvious fear in his face, trying to get out of that cage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did Michael ever go on record saying that that's what he did? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know either. I'd like to look into that. And just... Because I'm curious as to what the... Backstage, like after the match finished, what the oh yeah, if they said anything about it, or if everybody was just like, oh, that was awkward. Yeah, and HBK was like, hey, good match, Hulk. Yeah, brother, they just I, I can see that. Yeah, like them, like completely no selling what yeah. just happened yeah. in the ring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Double T. Hey, friend, that was my question: Is why does everyone blame Vince? for not using certain NXT call-ups properly, like Ty being the most obvious case. Everyone says he's out of touch because of this, but it happens everywhere. Even New Japan fumbles their new guys from time to time. Um, if we, it, Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, so we've heard that Triple H would prefer people being called up from NXT to have a six-month plan in place. Yes. I don't know how true that is. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But given how given how much things change always, I would wonder if that's if that's something that's even realistic. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because like uh, Triple H knows. Like he knows how often Vince changes his mind. Yeah, I know. But still that that's still going back to Vince. Mm-hmm. Oh no. In the end I, I, I know, I know, and I agree. Yeah, it is totally realistic to to blame Vince for that one. Oh yeah. Um I mean if you if you execute your plan and it fails, that's fine. But I don't think we've seen somebody come up from NXT, they've had a solid plan in place, and then it you know it, it failed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Finn Balor failed because he got injured, mm-hmm. but it was kind of obvious they had some plan for him. Yes. It was, that plan was Universal Champion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, dude, bottom line, it all goes back to fans. You know? Oh, yeah. The Nightcrawler. Um, I got to ask, where would the business be today 
If Shane took over back when Linda stepped down as CEO, according to many wrestlers, he has an amazing mind for business and is by far the kindest and most down-to-earth of all the McMahons, including Triple H. Also, he had some pretty great ideas that were never greenlit. He wanted the ECW reboot to be its own thing exclusively on the internet and wanted to buy UFC back when it was still starting out. So considering all that, where would the business be? I mean, I don't know. I uh, Daniel Bryan was doing the rounds on uh, interviews this past week, and he mentioned how like uh, Shane mm-hmm. is just a very patient, really cool guy. That's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. We're going to talk more about Daniel Bryan on the yes, dirt sheet because he had some interesting thoughts about the business. Yes. Um, I you know I mean the 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 the, the big the overriding question is we've we've asked we had this asked about Triple H, Shane, probably Stephanie. Where would the business be without Vince? Mm-hmm. I have no idea if it would be a relic of the past. Mm-hmm. Or, because it's not like, I mean, Vince didn't... I I still wonder where we would be if, I don't know, the, the whole idea... Of, what, what's been the biggest knock on pro wrestling? You mean historically? Mainstream American pro wrestling. That's fake. That it's fake, exactly. If and I have no again, I have no idea how it was in Japan. If that played into how it's accepted there versus how it's accepted here, um, but if that wasn't such a stigma, even up through the eighties, would people enjoy it? Would would a bigger audience enjoy it for the entertainment value? Be, you know, and not oh, they're acting like they're fighting. Yeah, that's not real. I don't care about that. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't know. I mean, I know Vince tried to protect the business, but I think any number of people would have tried to protect the business. I think that goes back further than Vince. oh yeah yeah yeah. So um, I mean, there's still you know people today that have that attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kayfabe should be right, still a thing. So. I think that the short answer is I have no idea. There's really no way of telling. There's I mean, the no idea of, of, of having ECW be like an online exclusive is interesting. Yeah. That yeah. could have been cool. It would have fit with the aesthetic mm-hmm. of the original product, but mm-hmm. then you you run the risk of, well, how is it going to make money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, it's it's incredibly hard to make money doing online content today. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine yeah. what the, the situation was back in, what, 2005, 2006 mm-hmm. when they relaunched ECW? Yeah. I mean, in the end of the day, you have to, if they're a business, they have to make business decisions. There are many, many, many reasons why the ECW reboot failed. I mean, just that was just destined not to, not to work. ECW was an energy and a moment that you can't replicate certain things, nope. you know? You can't replicate them. Uh, um, Ember Moon's weed dealer. Nice. Dude Harper. Last night, uh, Peyton Royce really impressed me. I'm 100% sold on her. Oh, I love her. She's, She's great. great. What do you guys think is her ceiling on Maine, and do you think she should pull a Champa and ditch Billy Kay? Um, the question asker wants to see Peyton Royce on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, I see her on SmackDown, too. That's a total fit. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't want to see her ditch. I love that iconic thing. I'm yeah. sorry. I just touched her foot. Um, no, you didn't. Really? Nope. What the hell is this? That's my foot. But I didn't feel you touch it. Oh, because I'm barefoot and you have shoes on. Um, no, I don't want to see them get split up. I don't want one to turn heel on the other because they're already heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I love Peyton Royce. Yeah. Forget, was there another question there? No, that's it. Okay. I love her. Uh, let's see here. There's another question here that I want to answer. 
Where that's weird. Where'd it go? Oh, uh, Larson's personal beard trimmer, Joaquin Cardenas. Uh, which WWE wrestler should stay away from New Japan because they just wouldn't be able to fit in? I kind of touched on this yesterday. I feel like guys whose primary strength is their promo abilities. I feel like they should stay away from New Japan. Um, interpret that how you may. I think Kevin Owens would do gangbusters oh, over yeah. there. Sammy Zayn would, would do killer. He would do yeah. Sammy Zayn would do killer over there. I think Seth Rollins would do well over there. He would do great over there. Um, although with Seth, I don't, you know, Seth is he's got mainstream star. Oh yeah, written all over him. Oh yeah. I feel like anywhere but the WWE, the biggest stage, in terms of his brand, if you will, would be a step down. Oh, yeah, but that's know? not necessarily the question. Oh, yeah, well, he'd do good anywhere, man. Um, not able to fit in. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't fit in there? Who's a crap wrestler? That's essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Who wouldn't fit in the New Japan? So much good talent, man. The Bray Wyatt character would be kind of oddball in, in New in New Japan. I'm not sure how that would translate it. I'm gonna. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, you go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna give kind of like a qualified answer because we haven't seen potentially the full breadth of what he can do in the ring. But so unlike Cass, we've only seen limited amount. Oh no, that's of a what point. he can do in the yeah, ring. That's a good Maybe point. there's more to his in ring ability, but right now we've seen so little that it's hard to tell. But based on what we've seen. You know, I, I don't know if you'd be able to handle the demands of those type of matches they have in New Japan. Well, no, that, that's a good point because what's the selling, you know, up until they broke up, what was the selling point of Enzo and Cass? It was Enzo's promos. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure how those would fly in Japan. That crowd would be confused as hell, even if they do know English. I'd be like, what are they talking about? Hell, I'm like that. Yeah, half the time I'm confused by what he says to <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it for the NXT 205 Live recap. We're going to play some video games. We're going to shoot dirt sheet, and then we're going to play some video games. Yep. Later on. So uh, that live stream, this is going to go up. Oh, this is going up now. This is, well, this will be going up probably around the time we're playing video games. Yeah, so you have to make a very difficult decision. <laughs> or watch both, watch at, the same both time. at the same time. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for hanging out. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.